Welcome to the Founders and Creators podcast, a series of interviews and discussions with founders, creators, and leaders from the tech industry in Milton Keynes and beyond. This podcast is brought to you by Protospace, an initiative to support, connect, and grow the tech community in Milton Keynes. Today, we're speaking with Gil Satchel, co-founder of PowerQuad, who are building a smarter way to store cheap, green energy and help businesses decarbonize. Gil has a background in engineering, a love for taking things apart, and a drive for building reliable and sustainable products. In this episode, we explore Gil's background and his story founding PowerQuad. Welcome, Gil. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, right, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and PowerQuad, just a, a quick overview of the company and your background? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm Gil Satchel. I'm co-founder of a company called PowerQuad. Um, and we typically help businesses who are struggling to uh, decarbonize or cut their electricity cost. Um, and we do that using a unique software platform we've developed, as well as our own plug and play energy storage system. Cool. So what got you started with that? What was the kind of inception point for, for that business? Um, so I think really uh, I'd been thinking about battery storage for, for a long time. So both, both me and uh, the co-founder are electrical engineers. Um, we've been in the power industry pr- pretty much our whole, whole career. Um, so we, we kind of spot this problem where um, as more and more renewables were coming onto the grid, we realized there was going to be this, this big problem because um, although renewables are absolutely amazing, um, they're not reliable. You know, some, sometimes you've got the wind blowing at nighttime when no one's using electricity at all. Um, sometimes it's solar in the middle of the day when everyone's sort of at work um, and the energy uh, uh, usage is down. Um, so we were thinking about um, different ways we could solve this problem sort of separately, completely separately. And battery storage was one of the things that um, I, I was really keen to explore. Um, so we were actually um, working in sister companies. So uh, co-founder Paul Cole was um, technical director of the sister company and I was, I was working in the main company. Um, and we just happened to be speaking in a corridor one day. Um, and I think Paul, Paul came up to me and, and said, oh, I've got this thing I've been thinking about and started chat about it. And I said, oh, that's, that's what I've been thinking about that for the last three or four years now. Um, so really, we kind of took the idea from there and, and that's where it spawned from. Awesome. I mean, it's always it's such an important part meeting your co-founder and uh, bumping into your co-founder in the corridor is is the the amazing serendipity that often happens with startups like that. And it's when you're when you're not looking for a co-founder, you find one, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, so where did your kind of career start? Um, would you say was it actually in in this kind of space, or does it go go back? Were you was it born out of university or anything like that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think I've always been uh, interested in innovation. You know, um, even when I was a kid, I was always, you know, tinkering with things, taking them apart, putting them back together. Um, and, and I was always interested in, in, in business as well. So, you know, I'd, I'd be the kid selling lemonade at the end of uh, the drive to passers-by um, in the summer holidays. Um, and I went on to do electrical engineering at university. Um, and as part of that, I took a, a sandwich year at a large um, defense company. Uh, and that kind of taught me two things, really. It taught me big companies tend to have this really big problem with actually being innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also taught me that big companies tend to be really slow. Um, so although they did actually offer me a job, I kind of realized that's not where I wanted to be. I wanted to be somewhere you know, fast moving, making an impact in the world. Um, so when I graduated, I, w- I went straight into a startup. Um, I was um, working with uh, PaveGen, who... 
um, have a technology that when you step on it, essentially it creates electricity. So it's all about kind of generating electricity from your footsteps. Uh, and I was the, the first employee there. So uh, I, I really got um, this experience where I could uh, get really into the nitty gritty of you know, how to build a company, how to build technology. Um, yes, yeah, so that was really, really great. I mean, we, you know, we went all over the world. I was working in a favela um, in Rio at one point um, where we had the technology powering uh, lights there for um, uh, the kids playing football. Uh, and at one point I was uh, even on an advert on the uh, London Underground on the tube. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and that kind of really got me started in, started in kind of the, the startup world. And that's actually where I started to think about battery storage. So, mm. um, you know, it's something I had in my mind for, for a long, long time. Mm. So, so what was your position at PaveGen and how did that come about out of curiosity? Yeah, so um, I joined as, uh, I suppose, a design engineer, um, you know, facing uh, electrical engineering wise, because that was kind of my background at uni. Mm. Um, and th the great thing about startups is that it gives you the opportunity to, to make a really big impact straight away. Um, so I, I started the first employee, we started to grow the team. And with about six, six months, I was running the um, engineering team. So um, it was kind of my job really there to um, look at how we progress the products, um, how we scale quickly, um, you know, looking at efficiencies of products, things like that. Uh, so it, it was it was really good to see um, how that innovation process can be um, used in a in a small business because um, you know it's it's completely different to how you do things in, in a big company. Um, the, you know the hierarchy is much flatter. Um, you're always giving your employees as, as much responsibility as, as they can take. So um, it was really great to kind of see it from that side. And now, obviously, on the other side of that, um, I'm able to kind of tap into that to you know, try and try and not make some of the mistakes we made back in the early days there. I mean, you're always going to make some of them, but um, it's, it's good to be aware of them. Yeah, totally. That must have been a really um, interesting and challenging experience coming fresh out of uni and assuming so much responsibility um, like that how, how did you kind of navigate that uh that job yeah i mean it was uh it was an odd one it, it, it kind of just felt natural i suppose I, I i didn't i didn't feel that i was taking on more responsibility than i could cope with um and I, I think maybe because i was there from from so early on um i kind of knew the product inside out um which which i think always uh, always helps um so yeah awesome um, so moving on from PaveGen, how, how long did you spend with them? So I was there for uh, around four years. So yeah, I kind of went from being first employee to I think it was about 20, 25, 30 people when I left. Um, and then I moved into uh, a, a sort of medium sized engineering consultancy working um, with power again. So I went kind of renewable energy to more um, how we actually get power into the grid. Um, doing some, you know, some, some interesting projects, working with, uh, you know, battery-powered trains, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, yeah, we, I was there for about uh, a couple of years, and, and that's where I met Paul. All right, cool. So, so you met Paul in the corridor. You struck up conversation that led to an exchange of ideas that happened to be the same idea you had. Um, where did you go from there? What was the next steps, really? So um, I think with a lot of these things, you know, um, things just tend to line up uh, and that's what happened, happened with us. So um, we, we saw the opportunity um, and it, it was sort of the right time for, for both of us to, to try something new. So um, 
we, we started out pretty quickly. Um, we got uh, sort of funding quite quite early on in our journey, which was was uh, really useful. So we managed to find that sort of friends and family angel type investor um, who, who was able to kind of uh, you know sit, sit there quietly, quietly and give us all the support we needed to, to grow. Mm. Were they were they familiar with the industry as well, or was it someone outside? Yeah, of the yeah. so they, they were familiar with the power industry. Um, obviously, you know, battery storage being such a, a, a new thing. Um, was, was new for them as well but um, I, I think they um, they were able to kind of believe in what we were trying to create um, which which you know gave us the the support to kind of move forward. Yeah so at this point you you had left uh, the the previous company you were truly going it alone um, so you've raised raised a bit of cash how much runway did that give you? Um, so that gave us uh, about 18 months, I think. Um, okay. we're, we're, we've been really lucky because both co-founders, um, we have kind of a, a really broad and kind of deep knowledge knowledge base. So we, we, we kind of like getting stuck into all parts of the business, mm. which has made, meant, meant that we can be um, really lean, essentially. Mm. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of created our, our products really from the ground up, engineering-wise, um, you know, as well as the software. So the, the whole software stack's developed by us. Um, as well as you know, down, down to kind of PCB level. Cool. So there's literally a full hardware, hardware and software that has been built entirely in house. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so as you started to build it, how, how long did it take you to kind of get from that idea to holding a prototype in your hand? Can you just kind of walk us through what what it's like? I mean, I've never built a hardware product. Um, so the software world where there's a lot of iteration happens and you can get things out quickly and get kind of customer feedback. How does that work with hardware? Yeah, so um, it's definitely a slightly longer process with hardware because you, you just got that process where it has to get manufactured and come, come back before you can sort of start testing it as a whole system. Um, so yeah, I, I think it took us around 12 months, something like that, um, to get to a point where we thought we had something, something we could launch. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's a it's a funny thing. So sort of, as we were de- developing, although the uh, the hardware, I suppose, was a little bit um, uh, a little bit longer process to develop, the kind of business uh, was still able to be really flexible. So um, we, we actually pivoted in that time from um, originally starting at, uh, looking at residential energy storage, um, and we we pivoted towards businesses because we saw this uh, this huge gap in the market um, where you've got. Um, companies who are doing residential sort of smaller energy storage and then you've got companies doing huge sort of grid scale uh you know batteries and shipping containers kind of storage um, but we kind of saw this this gap in the middle where no one was really serving the businesses in between um, and it just so happened the technology that we were developing uh, we kind of realized that was kind of perfect for for that situation um, so we actually did spend a little bit more time redeveloping that um, and I, I think we sort of launched with the the first product yeah, maybe a year and a half, something like that. Cool. So what's, what's the proposition of that first product? What were you what were you providing and how did it benefit the businesses you were you were intending? Yeah, into? so so it's all about flexibility, really. So um, the, the the problem is when you have a, a business, it can be quite a, a complex um, uh, arrangement in, inside. You, maybe you're you know, a multi-tenanted building. You don't own the building you're in. Um, so if you're looking at trying to decarbonize or save some electricity cost, it, it can be complicated. And quite often you don't have a lot of space. So these, these big systems in um, shipping containers just, just don't work. Uh, and that's what the businesses were telling us. They were telling us, you know, we've looked there uh, out, out of the market and that there's, there's nothing there. 
So what we did is we developed our, our system to be way more flexible by having smaller units of energy storage, which can be sort of dotted around in the building. Uh, and then they um, all network together via our, our cloud platform, which then kind of gives the same effect as a much larger uh, bank of energy storage. But it means you can be way more granular with what you're trying to do. Mm. So how, how are those batteries, where, where are those batteries getting energy from? Is that kind of solar or the grid? And, and how, how is that? How does that end up in the battery? And it, how is that retrofitted into the building? Yeah, so we, we um, thought it was really important that we had a, a system that was, was retrofitable and tried to cause the, as little amount of disruption as possible. So we designed this kind of plug and play uh, version of energy storage. So um, you really can just wheel it in, plug it in and, and off it goes. Um, so in, in terms of the energy that goes in, you, you're always trying to capture either the, the cheapest energy or the least, the least carbon intensive energy. So that can be from uh, solar, if you're lucky enough to have that on your roof. Um, but also it can be used uh, with grid. So what we did is we developed a bit of, a bit of software which looks at um, carbon intensity predictions of the grid. Uh, and we're looking at really getting the lowest possible carbon intensity uh, in, into the unit and then getting the lowest possible carbon intensity out of the unit. Mm. So it's essentially, it's about shifting the way you charge up and then discharge a battery. Yeah. Cool, cool. So what's your, what's your vision for Power Quad beyond what you're doing now? Yeah, so um, I think it's, it's a really, really industry, um, interesting uh, industry. You know, things are changing all the time. Uh, and I think what's going to happen is we're going to end up going more towards energy as a service. So that's where you're you know, supplying services back to the grid. Maybe you're um, sharing energy between buildings to get the, the best kind of um, uh, solution. Uh, and that's where we think it's, think it's going to go. Um, and that's what we're working towards. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really exciting. Interesting. So sharing energy between buildings, that's quite interesting. It's almost building a network um, of buildings. Is that like in a specific geographical area? So here in Milton Keynes, some of the commercial bid, bid buildings could be sharing stored energy between each other. Is that that concept there? Yeah, quite, quite possibly, um, as, as well as sort of sharing energy around buildings slightly differently. Um, so especially when you've got, say, a, a, like a multi-tenanted workspace, for example, um, you'll find that people use energy in a completely different way in different parts of that building. Um, and that's one of the problems with kind of having this big, chunky energy storage is that uh, it, it can only give energy out uh, or it can take energy in. It, that, that's it. There's no kind of flexibility or granularity to it. So, so what we're trying to do is um, make uh, energy available where it's needed um, uh, and try and add some of that, that flexibility in there. Mm, cool. So, so what is your target market now? You, you, had, you, you had your initial, remember we discussed before and you were saying, obviously the pandemic has had some, some impact on, to, on your business. How has that shifted your, your, your business? Yeah, sure. I mean, the, I think the, the, the pandemic's been, been a, an interesting one for us. I think what it's, what it's really done is kind of reinforced um, how we engage with customers. So uh, I think technology firms have uh, a tendency to say, we, we've got this one solution, you know, here it is. Um, but, but what we've realized is actually um, a lot of these businesses have um, the kind of ambition to reduce their, their common footprint, maybe to you know, become net zero. Um, they, they know what sort of technology is about sort of, but they don't really know how to connect those dots. 
Um, and, and that's something that came really apparent um, during, during COVID when we were speaking to, to customers. So we actually developed a, a new set of software services so we can kind of lead our customers through that discovery phase uh, all the way to kind of installing the technology, you know, wh where would it be deployed best? Um, making customers understand the value of uh, sustainability. Um, so that's kind of been one of the interesting upsides, uh, upshots of, of the dynamic for us actually. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So you were you were starting out with residential very early on, were you? And and then yeah, that's right. Yeah. So so we, we started residential uh, and now say so businesses. Um, target markets are you know anywhere you, where you've got this kind of multi-tenanted um, uh, situation. So you know it could, it could be workspaces, could be student mm. accommodation, um, anything along along those lines. Cool. Well, so what have you learned about the industry so far, even going back to your time in, in PaveGen right up until now? Any, any kind of deep insights? Have, have you seen this sustainability um, space uh, kind of grow and diversify? Is there any, any kind of insights from your experience? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I think one of the, the things that, that holds back innovation um, is, is, you know, bureaucracy and uh, you know, sometimes legislation can actually hinder things that, that are happening. And I think what we've seen um, definitely in, in kind of this, this space is that uh, government's really starting to understand the value of, of what energy storage can bring, as well as, you know, uh, renewable sustainability. I mean, we had, um, I think last year, I think it was 40% of, uh, of power was, was provided by renewables. And I think they're, they're aiming for around 50% by the end of that this year, which is, which is absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, but you, you've really seen that kind of shift towards uh, getting there in, in maybe the last two, two or three years. Before that, you know, it, it was being talked about, but it was more lip service, really. Um, so I think we're, we're starting to see some, some real change, which is, which is absolutely awesome. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to jump in, actually. So yeah, just, go for it, Rick. Yeah, no, just in case of, uh, you said about the mistakes, obviously, we all, we all do make them in personal and business. And in, I guess, as you said, it's about learning from those mistakes. Is that any kind of, any uh, ones you can share and you sort of, you know, you did learn some really good things from or, <laughs> or any funny stories? <laughs> so I, I think um, the, the first thing I would say is it, it's really important to find uh, mentors and advisors. Um, I, I think when you're you're kind of going out there alone, you kind of have this maybe this little bit of mentality of you know it's it's kind of my problem, my burden. I've I've got to, I've got to solve this. But obviously, you know, there's tons of people out there who've who've got way more experience with you, and and you've got to understand that and realise that and find the right mentor. Um, so for, for me, that was um, you know f finding someone who was really straight talking, um, because I, I think you need to be challenged um, and. Uh, yeah, for, for me, that was kind of one of the key takeaways uh, was having a, a great team of advisors. Um, I suppose the other one from sort of back in the day was, was about team. You, you've got to find a team that holds your values and shares your values. And you've got to try and understand what, what is that key value you need uh, in your team members. Um, so it's kind of back in talking about page end days. Um, and, and now really, you know, you need to find people who um, have that kind of self-starting motivation to, to go out there and, and do things. Um, and, and so often I think maybe with engineers, you've got this, this issue where it's, you know, they're pigeonholed into to one specific field where you need, you know, broad-minded people who, who, who want to get out there and make change. Mm. 
what does your team look like now? So actually, we're, we're pretty small at the moment. So we're, we're still in that kind of super lean phase. Um, so we're, we're, we're pretty small. How, what was the next, the next phase for your business? Are you, where, are you, where are you kind of at? Yeah, so um, I think we've got a pretty, pretty exciting year coming up. Um, we've got a big pilot project going, going live with, with Oxford Innovation, who are uh, a big workspace provider. We've got about 30 sites across the UK. Um, and we're, we're actually um, integrating there with their, their 5G systems. So um, we're, we're starting to look at, you know, how can we decarbonize secure energy for 5G? And I think that's going to be a really, really interesting um, problem that's going to be coming up over the next few years. Mm, I think there's certainly a lot going on in, in Milton Keynes around 5G as well. Um, I think Milton Keynes um, MK Don Stadium is going to be um, set up with 5G very, very soon. I don't know how that's happened already. Is it, guys? Are you? I'm not sure if it's happened yet, but yeah, yeah, no, I think it's, it's not. It's fairly soon. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think that's going to be there's going to be a lot more uh, 5G spread throughout the city um, in the coming coming 12 months, I think. Yeah. Um, just one thing to touch on, Gail. It's something that we've talked about before. Is um, is this entrepreneurship work life balance? And I think that's only been made more difficult, not only for entrepreneurs but for everyone uh, during the pandemic. Um, how have you navigated that? I know, like you know, family, um, where you are in your life. One being a a um, uh you know an employee even you know a first employee with huge responsibility and and the, and the kind of time and mental energy that takes up as well as being where you are now as a founder um and balancing you know the strains and and uh difficulties that running a company puts on you especially as a small team yeah sure i mean it's 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 an interesting one i think um when you kind of really enjoy what you're doing, there is a temptation just to work every single hour available. Um, but I, I think it definitely with, with experience from my early days, you know, that's, the, that's not the, the most healthy way and it's definitely not the most productive way. Um, to be honest, I think I've just been lucky that I've got a really supportive, supportive partner. Um, so I've got two young kids, uh, which has obviously been difficult, um, especially, you know, home, homeschooling at the moment and, and finding enough time to fit everything in. Um, but I, I think you've got, to, you've got to think of it as um, just, just part of it, I suppose. You know, it, it's, it's a phase you're going you're to have to work through um, and, and you've, kind of, you've got to do it to the best of your ability um, and, and come out the other, the other side um, still sane. Yeah, that's, that's definitely... Um, coming, out the, coming out the other side still sane is definitely the end result you want to achieve for. And, it's, um, it's a goal. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think I think us, us three, us four, actually speaking on behalf of yourself as well, Gil, have probably all gone through um, that that kind of stressful time. It's been been a lot of a lot of work um, building a company um, and and seeing it from that inception point and all the kind of hurdles it it, uh, it presents with you and challenges that you you have to you have to go at. Um, I think that speaks to actually an, an important part of finding the right team and finding you know, the right, the right co-founder. Um, for those who are looking for a, for a co-founder, what would you kind of recommend? Like, where do you, where would you start in trying to find someone to essentially, you know, buddy up with and explore an idea? 
Yeah, I mean, as I said, I've kind of been been lucky that it's it's everything's fallen in place place with with us at Powerquad. Um, uh, I think probably that the, there's so many um, networking opportunities even even now. Um, so I think it's you know find find the network where uh, there's similar interests, people you can speak to, um, or, or even LinkedIn. You know, um, you, you want to find someone who's passionate about what what you're trying to do. So, so put it out there. And if there's a proactive person um, who's willing to get involved, uh, that's always a, a good sign. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, Gail. Very yeah, thanks, Gail. Thanks for listening to this episode of Founders and Creators, brought to you by ProtoSpace. To find out more about this podcast and our initiative, visit protospace.uk.